Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Matt Salem, and you have tuned in to another episode of Our Best Behavior, a podcast brought to you by Behaviorally, winner of the 2020 Market Research Podcast Award. Behaviorally, formerly PRS in Vivo USA, helps brands improve shopper and consumer experiences by defining and diagnosing the behaviors that drive shopper growth. Each month, we produce a podcast to share industry insights on trending topics designed to help you make better shopper marketing decisions. Today, we are joined by Cliff Kane, VP Market Development at Behaviorally, who will be talking with us about leveraging research to understand how various category management and shopper marketing strategies can drive growth. Welcome, Cliff. Hey, Matt. How's it going today? Doing great. Thanks for having me here. Oh, my pleasure. Glad to have you. Cliff, somebody that I always like to see around and be with in the office, and we've yet to do a show together, so excited that we're having our first one here together today. Let's get it going. So we're talking about shopper marketing, category management, might not be the expected topic for some folks tuning in. Why are we here to talk about that today? We've long done this type of shopper marketing work in person, but we've really seen in more recent years that client and business needs have have taken us to a more agile space. That often means pricing, timing, flexibility, you name it. We've also done this work, again, over the years in a more ad hoc manner, but we saw the opportunity to bring a bit more of a structure or a framework, if you will, uh, still allowing for a lot of flexibility uh, as well. Increasingly, we are seeing a lot of our key retailers that we know quite well put new or changing merchandising demands on our FMCG clients. And we really want to help them to test out the impact of some of these new situations in market. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what type of work are clients coming to you with? What are the requests that you're seeing? What kind of research are they asking for? Yeah, our clients have been coming to us increasingly as of late, thinking about different display issues in store. Uh, Think about all the different consumer interactions, walking up and down the aisles, the inner aisles, the exterior aisles. In a number of categories in particular, we've seen some mass merchandisers use RRPs, retail-ready packaging, which can help them be more efficient how they load up the shelves, but oftentimes can have a, uh, you know, a different display or different reaction, so to speak, for consumers at the shelf. Uh, we've seen other categories where some of these retailers are working with our clients on the orientation of some of their packages, right? So it could be horizontal to vertical or different ways of, of displaying the products on the shelf. We've seen other situations still where the category as a whole is actually shrinking in shelf space, right? That has uh, a follow-on effect for all different brands in their shelf space. Um, So our brands could be getting more space, but sometimes they might be declining a little bit in space. So then it's all about rationalizing the amount of SKUs on the shelf. Now, this type of work that we're doing, it can really help justify a lot of positive changes as well. The location of new products on the shelf, it can be specific pricing strategy, the worthiness of a point-of-sale merchandising execution to drive added revenue. One good example last year in a beverage category, we did this type of work um, where the client had suggested a different planogram to a key retailer, and we actually saw a 10% sales lift in literally just how we re-merchandise products on the shelf, which is a great outcome. Can't always promise that, but um, it was a nice one to get nonetheless. So I can see why clients of ours would want to conduct research in order to help understand the impact that can be made. I mean, you're talking about a 10% sales lift. That's nothing to sneeze at. Significant. How do you go about this? You mentioned that a lot of ad hoc work was done in the past, that now we are looking at more agile solutions in order to capture the growth that can be attained through changes to category management, through the incorporation of of point-of-sale merchandising, et cetera. So what is the approach? 
So our approach is what we call our shopper flash methodology. Let me take it a bit broader first before I dive into it. We, we tend to think of all of our methodologies that behaviorally in two broad buckets. So one is what we call define, which is really kind of end validation. The other one is called diagnose, which is a bit earlier up the chain, if you will, a bit more exploratory in nature. Shopper flash definitely falls into the former bucket, the define bucket. So ShopperFlash is a fully immersive online evaluation tool for developing rapid optimization of shopper marketing strategies. That is a mouthful, I know. What that means is that we, we try to quantify the impact of your shopper marketing tactics. Uh, we want to explore and measure the impact of things like planograms, point of sale merchandising, packaging adjacencies, pricing on the shelf to understand how that impacts shopper behavior. And really, ultimately, we want to help our clients refine and execute these strategies more quickly with clear reporting and tangible next steps. So you mentioned some of the reasons why clients would use this from a business question perspective. I'd, I'd like to hear a bit more there and perhaps also a crystallization of what it looks like. What does this research look like? If I'm the person that's involved, that, that the respondent, if you will, what am I doing in this research? All of our studies, of course, they will have some flexibility involved, but they all have in common a fully immersive shopping mission to record purchase and navigation behavior. We also want to get a sense of the fuller shopper journey to understand purchase drivers, barriers, and overall experience. So the first one may be a bit more metrics about what was bought. The second one, a bit of a broader understanding beyond the metrics of frustrations, barriers, triggers, you name it. So those are some of the common aspects of our work. And then we have very carefully designed deep dive modules to explore and understand specific shopper strategies. So some example of those would be layout and adjacency. Think about your planogram arrangement. It could be point of sale merchandising and on-shelf tactics. It could be product placement, things like adjacencies, should it go with the master brand or in a, in a different area on the shelf. An actual display performance, that could be a dedicated location within the shelf or maybe a freestanding display. Or even pricing strategy. A lot of brands and categories have good, better, best, you name it. Mm -hmm. Now, we wouldn't do all of these in a single study, probably one or two at the most. We want to be respectful of a, uh, of a respondent's time. But we think that's a nice combination of standard metrics, but also very customized ones for your initiative. So you mentioned there's really kind of this common component that's utilized in the methodology each and every time, this shopping experience, this immersive experience, and then there are these modules you can add. During this immersive experience, what is the respondent seeing? It, it sounds like it's an online approach. What are they seeing online? And maybe give me a bit more detail about some of these metrics that are captured. Is it simply just what they bought and that's all, or is there more to it? So there's a lot of different metrics that are captured, but really, again, we're trying to take it to the big picture of tying it into our behavioral science framework. So when we think about the impact on human behavior in all types of situations, our, our framework is really all about both benefits as well as barriers, right? So benefits being uh, the good things that you want to bring to life in, in your uh, shelf, your point of sale, merchandising, why consumers choose you over another brand. Barriers being the flip side of that, sources of friction that may be reasons why you are not selected, why you're passed over. So when you think about some of these specific metrics, I think the most important ones for retailers when our clients are selling in their proposed plans, shopping metrics specifically, right? So think about units being purchased and then the broader dollar basket of purchases. Um, how does that compare to the share of the category as a whole? So those are can be the hard changes. We don't always get 10% lifts, but those are the most key ones. And then there's some of those shopping review metrics. So things like recall, did consumers notice new items on the shelf, really important for new, new product research. Any other shopping considerations, drivers of purchase, any ease or difficulty of shopping, and just kind of the overall appeal in terms of the experience. 
And when you think about the specific modules, let's say it's a category management study or perhaps a pricing strategy study, is it more question-based at that point? How are you digging deeper into the experience with each of these shoppers? So in the standard part of the survey, we've already gotten some of these shelf-based metrics and they follow up, you know, more universal questions uh, out of the way. We talked about the module-specific ones, category management, That you know, that's probably the most common shopper flash type approach that we're doing these days for our clients. The, the idea of category layout perceptions and the easier difficulty of shopping, something that suggests consumers may want to look for something new or try something new perceptions of organization, those are really important ones. Because even if we don't necessarily move the needle on buying at the shelf, we do still want to see in our research that there could be a case for this shopper scenario if we are making it more easy to shop, reducing barriers, things like that. Another interesting module is the idea of new item placement. So a pretty common question among our clients when they're launching a new product is, hey, does this go with my master brand, so to speak? Or Maybe is it better off away from the master brand in the shelf, but maybe in a kind of a designated subsection, which might be more attuned to that specific benefit. So in that case, recall is a great way to test out some of those different options, possibly different adjacencies on the shelf, left to right of your master brand or in a different section, as well as the expected location, right? We've given them a scenario of where the new product is, but maybe the consumer thinks, hey, it might have been a bit more of a proper fit in a different area. So in thinking about all of these metrics, they're all numerical. They're all providing us with percentages, the percentage of people that bought, or maybe not a percentage, maybe it's the dollar share, things of that nature. Is there a way to get at consumer verbatim language? Can we get a bit more richness out of this type of research? So while we will have some open ends typically at the end of the survey, which will give us a bit of depth, we can also really recommend what we call our Qual Connects. So these are supplemental online qualitative research sessions, typically IDIs, in-depth interviews, that just provide a, a bit more depth in terms of the shopper insight story. So while your standard online interview might be 12 or even 15 minutes, oftentimes we might have a standalone qualitative interview of 30 minutes, even 45, if we really want to go deeper, understand a lot of the whys. And we found that really the pairing of some of this qualitative depth to go along with the quantitative data is, is quite the strong selling story, both internally for our clients, individual stakeholders, but also to the external retailer. That makes a lot of sense. I could see that bringing tremendous added value and really rounding out the storytelling aspect of the deliverable that clients would receive here. So I guess in, in thinking about value and bringing us to the ultimate question, historically and knowing how these studies can look in person, they can be quite large, there can be multiple scenarios that are tested, and that leads to greater time and investment. What sort of investment and timing do we see for this type of research now that there's a more agile online approach? So always a fair question, definitely something every client wants to ask before the end of that initial discussion. So the good news is that with all online research, this is obviously a much more agile approach. It's a very high ROI compared to what you would be paying for in person. So it's just the fundamental nature of, of doing research online. Uh, and it's also more like weeks as opposed to possibly months for doing this research. Again, we're not trying to get people one at a time in an in-person facility. So Cliff, as we begin to wrap up, I'm thinking a bit about e-commerce and the rise of the omni-shopper and omni-path experience to purchase and how much of an influence e-commerce has on today's shopping experience. Yet, here we are talking about Shopper Flash and the importance of category management in store and shopper marketing in store. So what are your thoughts on that 
you know, the impact of e-com, but yet the importance of in-store category management and shopper marketing. Undoubtedly, it's fair to say that e-commerce was definitely catalyzed in 2020. That being said, the majority of purchases, especially among our clients, often faster moving products are still done in store these days. Now, I think as we head further into 2021, we will increasingly see consumers being more comfortable going in store for those who've tried to stay away over the last year. So it's both going in store for those folks, but also I also think that we're going to have more people spending a bit more time in store, right? And it's been oft reported over the last year, people just trying to make quick, quick decisions, get in and out. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see a bit more of that browsing history that maybe had gone away over the last year. So, you know, given all those changes, giving cons- changing consumer behavior, we think it's a good time in a lot of categories to evaluate why things are the way they are merchandising-wise, right? Look at it with fresh eyes because what was maybe done in 2018 at the time could be very different at this point. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. As we close out today, thinking about you touching on browsing behavior in-store and being the second craft beer aficionado on the set today, I'll call myself the first one just because I usually walk in the room first. Let me hear about your browsing experience in-store and how category management may help you find the perfect beer. That's an awesome question and a great way to end the session here. I think I'm ready for a cold one after this. So it's interesting. I think in some of the larger stores, we have good selections, whether it's a liquor store, whether it's certain grocery stores, you know, you can split it up by both the multi-packs as well as I think increasingly we're seeing the idea of make your own six-pack, right? So I like to have a look at both, frankly. I know I have some of my favorites where I have no hesitation buying a four-pack or a six-pack because I've had it before, but it's kind of fun to explore, right? And again, like a lot of people, I feel more comfortable spending more time in store, so I might create my own six-pack or two with some beers I haven't tried. Easier to try just one before buying a full four or six-pack. Ah, I love that. I love that. I thought you were going to say you just get Treehouse delivered to your front door all of the time because I only hear Cliff talking about Treehouse all the time, which is a a great brewery, but I digress. Um, Well, Cliff, thanks a lot for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on to talk about Shopper Flash. Once again, you have been listening to Our Best Behavior, brought to you by Behaviorally. Cliff, thanks again, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks a lot, man. 